0: Hey everyone, so recently I decided to do a thing. After nearly three years and two and a half million downloads, I changed the name of the show from Journey to Manifesting to The Sarah Prout Podcast. Everything is still the same, just with a different name, so I hope you enjoy This is episode number 16 with Melissa Ambrosini. Welcome to your journey to manifesting. My name is Sarah Prout, best-selling author and creator of The Manifesting Academy. Each week I'll bring you an inspirational message or share powerful conversations with thought leaders, game changers, and light workers. The intention here is to motivate you to create the life of your wildest dreams. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. Now let the journey to manifesting begin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Journey to Manifesting. I have yet another special guest to share with you. Her name is Melissa Ambrosini. She's the best selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl and her brand new book, Open Wide, which we're going to be discussing today. She's also the host of the Melissa Ambrosini Show podcast, which is an incredible podcast that I highly recommend that you download. She's a motivational speaker, an entrepreneur, and a teacher of self-love. She was named a self-help guru by Elle magazine, and her message is that love is sexy, health is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. She has inspired so many women across the globe to activate their dreams and live a life on their own terms. So as you could imagine, we have so much to connect with today and to talk about. But for now, I hope you really enjoy the conversation that I had with the incredible... Melissa Ambrosini. Welcome, Melissa. It is such a pleasure to finally connect with you and have you as a guest on the show. Thank you so much for having me. And congratulations on your new book, which has just launched, which is called Open Wide. Can you tell me a little bit more about the book and what inspired you to write it?
1: Absolutely. So, the subtitle to Open Wide is A Radically Real Guide to Deep Love. Rocking relationships and soulful sex. So basically, it is a guide for the modern woman on how to have deep love, rocking relationships, and soulful sex, because relationships are the biggest game that we play. They are our biggest spiritual assignments, yet we are never given a guide or a manual on how to play them. It's like sitting down to a chessboard or a Sudoku grid and never being taught the rules. Mm. And that's why I wrote this book because I have had to learn through fumbling. I've had to flounder (laughs) my way through the lessons. So I wrote this book as a guide for the modern women
0: on how to have epic relationships. Mm, I, I love that so much because I see this so much in the women that I've connected with over the years that they often complain about their relationships and don't realize the power they have to guide their energy. So in the book, and I've only read the first couple of chapters and I'm really excited to dive into the rest later this week, but you talk about the fact that most of us are flying blind in our relationships. What do you mean by that?
1: Like I said before, our relationships are our biggest spiritual assignments and we are in relationship to all things in all ways at all times, you know, we're in relationship to mother nature, but in in particular to everyone around us and not just our romantic relationships. I'm not just referring to those, I'm talking about all of our relationships. And a lot of us are don't realize that they are our biggest opportunities for growth. They are our biggest spiritual assignments. They are our biggest opportunities for evolution. And that is what we're here for. We are here to grow and evolve and our relationships offer us the perfect playground to do that but a lot of people don't realize that Mm. and we're stuck in this cycle of judging and blaming the other person but that will only keep you small and stuck in fear And when you see and you know the truth that they are our biggest opportunities for growth, then that is when you'll evolve and grow as a human being, which is what we're here for.
0: Mm, I think a lot of couples get bored with one another and they, they fall out of appreciation for why they fell in love in the first place. So it's such an interesting topic to discuss because there's so many different energies that need to be balanced. And you mentioned in your book the the masculine and the feminine energy. Could you explain a little bit more about how that works? So within ourselves, we
1: have masculine energy and we have feminine energy. And within our relationships, there's masculine and feminine energy as well. And we need to really... Become aware of this within ourselves. And why this is important is because there needs to be a balance. If you are too much in your masculine, you're going to be out of balance. If you're too much in your feminine, you're going to be out of balance. And I personally know within myself when I'm too masculine, how that feels in my body. It feels out of balance and out of whack. And Mm -hmm. what I need to do to rebalance that. I know what I need to do. And I talk a lot about this in the book and how you can rebalance those energies. It's the same as, you know, yin and yang, Shiva and Shakti, Mm -hmm. masculine, feminine, black and white, hot and cold, that polarity must exist in all things and especially in our relationships. So having this understanding has not only deepened my connection with myself, but it's also Radically changed and deepened my relationships. So we start with ourselves, and and that's a lot of what I talk about in the book. You can't have deep love and rocking relationships and soulful sex until you deeply love yourself first. You know, mm. it all comes back to you first, and becoming aware of your own masculine energy and your own feminine energy is the first place to start. Mm. It is absolutely the essential place to start because then you can see how it plays out in your relationships. You know, if, for example, if I am too much in my masculine and my husband is too much in his masculine and we're out of balance, we're going to
0: butt heads. <laughs> yeah. You know? I'm sure most com- most conflict probably arises from that, that imbalance and people don't understand like this, this silent power struggle that's going on. Absolutely. How incredible. And and when we're too much in,
1: if I'm too much in my feminine and he's too much in his feminine, we're also going to clash. So we need to become really aware of this, ener- these sacred energy systems within ourselves and act co- accordingly. So think of it like a seesaw, you know, if you are too far down the masculine end you're going to be out of balance. And if you're too far down the feminine end, you're going to be out of balance. So it's about elegantly dancing between the two energy systems, having fun with it because it is fun and life is fun and it doesn't have to be so serious. Mm. And then, you know, dancing between the two and becoming aware of it within your relationships, all of your relationships, you know, whether it's with your friends or your children or your family even. And acting accordingly and then shifting and dancing between the two,
0: it can really become like a fun little game. Mm. And on the cover of the book, the subtitle, it mentions soulful sex. This, This really caught my attention because I thought, oh, A lot of people out there probably have very meaningless sex or it's just like they're in a routine or they do it out of obligation or it doesn't have that really grounded connection with energy. Could you tell me a little bit more about that? Because I know the listeners would love to hear more about it as well.
1: Absolutely. So there's two types of sex. There is, like you mentioned, that meaningless, (laughs) out of obligation, I don't really want to do this, but I'm doing it no deep connection, no heart-to-heart connection, no soul-to-soul connection, almost like mutual masturbation, that sort of thing. There's, I refer to that as junk food sex. <laughs> I and love then, that. <laughs> yeah. And then there is deep, soulful, heart-to-heart, authentic, real, honest, open, vulnerable, soulful, Sex or mm. in exchange with another human being. Gosh. And for most of my life, I was having junk food sex until I met my husband <laughs> and experienced soulful sex. And I thought, holy moly, <laughs> I am missing out. I have been missing out. Uh, not, you know, because it's for me, I crave deep, rich, soulful interactions with people, whether that is with my girlfriend sitting on the couch, having a beautiful, deep, open, honest, real, authentic conversation or with my parents Mm. or with my stepson or with my husband. And that lights me up. That's what I think we're here for. and, And that's what just really excites me. So, Soulful sex is very different to junk food sex. You feel it, you can feel it in your heart, and that doesn't mean right like that doesn't mean that you can't have a quickie, so my husband and I still have quickies, yeah, but that deep connection is still there. There is still that yeah that that energetic exchange, that beautiful connection, that heart opening, that really vulnerable with the other person but it's 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 still connected as opposed to that meaningless, quick. I don't really want to be doing this, but I'm doing it just because
0: <laughs> yeah, I think many of us can probably relate to that the drug food sex for sure. and And I went through the same thing because I was married for 10 years before I met my current husband and I didn't know that there was such a thing as soulful sex. And I had no idea that uh, this is getting really intimate and I hope you don't mind, but afterwards we'd almost see energy light up in the room, you know, like a TV Mm. screen. It's like, oh, well, what's happening here? This is like a, a bigger part of us that's expanding. And I think that's probably because of the divine communion that we have in our relationship. And a lot of people don't remember the fact that they have this beautiful, deep invitation to grow spiritually through their partner and the love that they share. So what would you advise people that might be going through a little bit of a rough patch in their relationship? What would you say would be the fastest way to create that environment for soulful sex? I think
1: let's bust an illusion first, and that illusion is that when you meet your soulmate, that it's going to be all rainbows and butterflies. I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people think that. You know, I, I, I sort sure of did. I thought when I meet my husband, it's going to be a piece of gluten-free cake. <laughs> that is absolutely not the case because when you meet your soulmate, you're one, whatever you want to call it. They are your biggest mirror and they will reflect back to you all the areas that you need to work on within yourself. So they become your biggest spiritual assignment. They become your biggest teacher. So that illusion needs to be busted because it's not healthy to hold on to that illusion. Another thing that you can do when you are going through a challenging period within your relationship, a mantra that I tell myself is, open wide, this too shall pass. Mm. And because, you know, my husband was going through a very, very challenging spiritual washing machine last year, an upgrade in his operating system. He was having a huge upgrade. -hmm. And it was very challenging for him. And I had to hold space for him. I didn't have to. I chose to hold space for him. And my mantra most days was open wide, this too shall pass. Mm -hmm. And there's ebbs and flows in life. And that is how the universe works. There there's not all ups without the downs. There's no yin without the yang. There's no Shiva without the Shakti. Mm-hmm. So you just have to remind yourself that this two shall pass. But in saying that, you also got to take inspired action every single day. So if you are in a situation where you feel like, you know, your relationship is a little bit stale or not where you would like it to be sitting back and waiting for your partner to do it is not going to help. You have to take inspired action every single day. So if you're ever feeling bored in your relationship or like you're like, oh, I I feel like I want some spice, you know, I want to spice things up. Like I'm a little bit bored or, (laughs) yeah, you know, it's your responsibility. It's not the other person's. It's your responsibility to spice it up. And you can do that by going on a date or booking each other in for a couple's massage or traveling or packing a picnic and just going somewhere. Or There are so many things that you could do and you're only limited by your imagination. But I think you just have to change it up. Do as Tony Robin says a pattern break, change it up, mix it up. Travel is an amazing way, create space. You know, my husband and I create space in our calendar. We are serial entrepreneurs. He is the CEO of four companies, I am the CEO of two companies. (laughs) And, you know, we have a little boy 50% of the time and we love what we do so much. But if we don't create space in our day for each other and for our relationship, guess what? It won't won't happen. And so we are really conscious about that. We make sure that we bookend our day. Every evening is us time. Every morning is us time. Like we, we really create the space because, you know, we don't go out at night, like our evenings are for <laughs> us and our, our phones are off and this is our time to connect and have dinner together and to talk and make love. And if you don't make that time, it will not happen. So it's really important to create the space mm. for you and your relationship just as you would a friendship, you know, we invest mm. so much time into our friendships. We've got to do the same for our our relationship, our romantic relationship.
0: There really are no excuses either. I mean, I am pretty much like you and Nick. I think with my husband Sean, we work together, we run companies together, and we have four children. So if we can, whoa. Do that, we can still manage to whoa, do that, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if I can do that with four children, I think anyone can, you know, make the time. And I think people sometimes sabotage their success and create those excuses. I, I guess you just have to make that decision that what's important to you, what can you prioritize? So. absolutely honey oh, and hands it. down
1: to you hands down to you like having a beautiful marriage and running businesses together working together living together and having four kids
0: like you are my hero <laughs> oh, thank you but it's not as good and glamorous as it looks on social media that's what I like to remind people that you know behind the scenes there are times where you know shit hits the fan and you don't see that people assume that I've got it all together and it's such a, an illusion that that's not mm. the balanced way of perceiving things either and I, and I noticed that you mentioned that in the book too that you guys it looks like picture perfect fairy tale soulmates and all that kind of stuff but you're really committed to consistent improvement and maintenance of the relationship and that's what's so beautiful
1: mm, and I think it's very important that you if that is important in your relationship that you do that within yourself you know Nick and I and I'm presuming you and Sean are too, we're very deeply committed to growing within ourselves, Mm -hmm. you know, where we're so deeply committed to being the best version of ourselves and to constantly wanting to grow and learn and evolve and being the best every single day. And then that ripples out into our relationship, of course, but it all starts with yourself. You know, you've really got to be with someone. If that's important to you, you've got to be with someone who also values that.
0: Mm. So do you believe in one soulmate for everyone or that there are many soulmates? I
1: believe, and I say this in the book, that your soulmate is whoever you declare it to be. Mm-hmm. And if you want to give that title to 15 people, then go for it. Like <laughs> whatever floats your boat. And if you want to give that title to one person, great, whatever. There are no rules here. And if you choose to give it to 15 people, that's your choice. If you choose to give it to one person, that's your choice. I have chosen at this point in my life, in this day, in this moment, that I'm going to give that title to Nick. And I have no idea what's going to happen in the future. But right now in this moment, he has that title. (laughs) I love it.
0: Absolutely love it. So for that, that perfect person out there, how do i how do i put this in terms of manifesting let's talk to the single ladies and what they can do to get into the right space to welcome in that soulmate
1: mm, great question and which is why i wrote an entire chapter on the book it's the whole chapter called dive into your ocean which is about really getting crystal clear on your values, beliefs, desires, and interests. And this is really an imperative part before you call in your one or your soulmate, whatever you want to call it. You have to deeply know yourself first. You have to deeply know your core values, your core beliefs, your desires, and your interests so that you can call in someone who is aligned with you on those things. Because if you don't know what your core values are and you start dating someone and you might not be aligned on big things like finances and parenting, you know, yes. so when, when you know, like what your core values are around parenting, you know, you can call in someone who is aligned in that area. For example, like say you don't believe in hitting children and you start dating someone who believes in hitting children Mm -hmm. and that kids should be smacked, you guys are not going to probably last. (laughs) Like it's, you know, how is it going to work? Like seriously, how is that going to work? And same with like money beliefs. If you believe in saving and investing and you start dating someone who gambles, how is that going to work? you know, and you can, and I go through every area of your life, your health, all of the different areas of your life. And we get you to get shiny diamond clear on all of your core values, beliefs, desires, and interests so that you can call in someone who is aligned on those big ticket items. And it's really important because when you're manifesting, you need to be clear on this you really, really need to be clear. And I've got, you know, one of my best friends who I just got to do this exercise because she just recently read my book and um, she did it and she's written down, you know, all of her core values. And she reads this now every every day. She reads it. She's like, right, this is the type of person I want to call into my life. This is how I want to feel. And it's helping her so much because she's never really stopped to even think about these things before. Mm. And, and we don't. We don't stop to think about them. We're not taught to do this in school. So our life, you know, who we, who we choose to share our life with. So it's very, very important. So if you are a single lady out there or a single man <laughs> and you are, feeling really ready to call in your one, then I would highly recommend diving deep into your ocean, as the chapters call, diving deep into yourself, taking yourself through that chapter in my book and getting really crystal clear on more about yourself so that you can call in and manifest someone who is aligned with you.
0: I love that. And I think it's very important also to not make it too rules based that those rules can be broken. (laughs) Because if the, you know, if you've got a huge checklist, then you could, you could sabotage your success. For me personally, when I, I broke up with my first husband, I was like, I'm never dating anyone younger. That's a rule of mine. My, first husband was 12 years older than me. So just the thought of a younger man was out of the question. (laughs) And sure enough, I met Sean on Twitter of all places and he was living in America and I was living in Australia and he was five years younger than me. Well, he is five years younger than me. And I had to, I had to overlook these strict boundaries that I'd set for myself. And I sometimes believe that the universe rises up and tests you and sometimes presents you with the greatest opportunity to rise above it with a new perspective and with compassion (laughs) so sometimes in those relationships where they're not 100% alignment that's where we can grow as well
1: Mm, absolutely and what this exercise gets you to do is also where work out where you're flexible and where you're fluid Mm. you know where are you willing to go of that boundary for yourself like for example when you're working out your values around religion you might have really really strong religious beliefs and whoever you call in has to align with those beliefs mm-hmm. but for example you might be like me and you know y- you have flexible religious beliefs and you can you don't mind what the other person believes in or you know you you they don't have to be a specific religion or whatever you can be more flexible so it's w- working out where you're going to be flexible where you're going to be fluid uh, sorry firm um what are the deal breakers you know for me like absolutely hitting children is is not in one of my core beliefs it's mm. not in my values so that is a deal breaker for me. You know, that is just a non-negotiable. I I have to be with someone who shares that same value.
0: Mm. Otherwise,
1: it just won't work.
0: It's so interesting. Sean and I, out of all of the things that you could argue about, we argue about parenting the most. That's kind mm. of our sore spot because I had two children from a previous relationship and he came in as the step parent. And I've been a step parent before too. So it does create an interesting dynamic for sure. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's lots of things that need to be in alignment. So I completely understand that. But I know a lot of people argue about money, which I find fascinating.
1: Oh yeah. They my do. Parent, that's my
0: parents' marriage for 29 years. That's all they would argue yeah. about. <laughs> money, money, money. <laughs> Yes. And everyone
1: has, every relationship has their thing. You know, yeah. some people it's health, some people it's, you know, there's so many different things. Some, te- some people it's parenting, some people it's money, some people it's over food. You know what? I don't want you to feed the kids this. I want you to, you know, it's, it's very, everyone's got their little things that are, that they, you know, are really important to them. And yeah, we just have to know, within ourselves, like what is really important to us. That's why doing this exercise in this chapter is really important because you just essentially are getting to know yourself on a deeper level.
0: Mm, I I absolutely adore that. And one thing that I'm really looking forward to diving in deeper in the book is the section on sex and shame. So could you give me an example of what kind of shame you're talking about? Because I believe that shame manifests in so many different destructive ways in our lives and it's important to shine a light on it.
1: Oh yeah. I think, you know, I had, I personally had a lot of shame and guilt around my body and my sexuality from a very young age. I grew up in a very strict Catholic Italian family where it was naughty or dirty or rude. Don't touch yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Get out, close the door, (laughs) slam the door in the face. If I saw my mum in the shower or my dad in the shower, it was like, Oh my gosh, get out. Like, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. So I didn't grow up in a body loving environment. That was, yeah, that was not something that I learned growing up. I grew up in a very, you know, it was naughty and dirty and, and you hide it away and you do, you know, you do it in your bedroom and it's like secretive and things like that. Um, And that's not what, you know, I want to inspire within Leo, who's my stepson. Mm-hmm. You know, I want him to... Have a lot of body confidence and body love, like that that is really important to me. So, and we grow up learning from our parents, and sometimes that's a great thing, and sometimes maybe not so good. And then we are exposed to social media and we're told it should look like this, and we're learn we learn from porn and youtube and and we think, well, that's how sex should be or that's what it should look like. So there's a lot of guilt and shame and we're not taught to love ourselves and love our bodies unconditionally and we're not necessarily given safe environments to explore our bodies and to explore our sexuality. So we kind of, you know, go down to the the park or in the back of cars and, you know, <laughs> do things like that and it's not okay. Like we need to create safe environments for our children and for ourselves as well to really explore our sexual our sexuality and our and our bodies because there's nothing shameful about it. There's nothing shameful about it. It is a part of life. It's how we make life. Like <laughs> it's it is miraculous. It is absolutely miraculous. It's it's amazing when you think about what the body can do, like the female body, what it does. Like it's just... It's incredible. <laughs> it's it incredible. is mind-blowing. And and I haven't given birth and yet, but I am just in awe. I am in awe of the female body and what it's capable of. And it doesn't need to have any shame or guilt around it. It's just... So important that we promote body love and body confidence for our daughters and our sons and for all of the future generations, because they're watching and they're picking up on everything.
0: Mm. And that's why it's so confronting for me living in Las Vegas and having three daughters, because there's billboards all over the place of exploitation of women. And it's, it's very challenging, but it's an opportunity to cultivate compassion as well. So for instance, one of the local strip clubs advertises on the billboard, now hiring the class of 2017. And it's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> We're going to minimize girls this way. And it's, it's so important for me to guide my children and remind them that sex is a beautiful thing and that it's, it's important to not. Polarize things and make things wrong at the same time. So it's it's really challenging internally because you know inside I've got like this fury of the wrongness. But then it's an opportunity to embrace everything. And and one of my favorite quotes is "Show me where God is not." And so that that's one of the reasons why I kind of I love Las Vegas and I don't like it at the same time.
1: Mm, it's a good little spiritual playground for you there. It
0: is. It is. There's a lot of light work to do here. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Mm-hmm. yeah yeah so sex and shame do you think that if people don't deal with the shame that they hold around sexuality and feeling comfortable in their body that there is a solution that can help them to get out of that situation faster if they do have the sex if they if, have the shame do, is that if, right, is yeah if, yes if somebody's got shame around sex or if they've got an addiction problem or something like that What is the best thing that they can do in order to rise above it?
1: Mm. Become aware of it first. Like, really just go, uh, become aware of it and take responsibility for it. And then know that you can transform it. Know that that isn't your truth. And you don't have to live with that shame or that guilt or whatever it is or that addiction you can have the experience that you want to have. You just have to let it go, let it go. And wherever it came from, whether it came from an experience when you're a child or Mm -hmm. something a parent said to you or whatever it is, it doesn't really even matter. It's in the past. The past is in the past and Mm -hmm. you can choose a new reality. And, And that's, you know, for me, what I've done, you know, I didn't I didn't, like I said before, I didn't grow up in a house with body confidence and body love and I've had to work really mindfully to create a different reality for Leo, who's Mm -hmm. my stepson. I catch myself slip into the default pattern of, oh my God, get out, slam slam the door in his face. Mm -hmm. and Instead, I don't react or you know, I let him see, I've let him see me naked and I'm sure they'll get a time where, and maybe that time's coming soon. <laughs> I'm 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 sure there'll be a time where I, I close the door and I share this in the book, like I'll close the door and I won't say anything. It's not like get out and slam the door in his face. Like, you know, he sees his dad walking around very confidently naked. And I never witnessed that. Like we want him to Witness us really confident and comfortable in our own skin. I don't want him to ever see me looking in the mirror and scolding my body ever because I don't want to plant any seeds like that in his mind and even if you don't say it your children are watching your children are picking up on your energy they know if you look in the mirror and have a thought about yourself they know
0: yeah they do so, I'm the product oh, yeah. of that yeah. that's totally. my mom I remember my mom wanting to have a facelift from the time she was 40 you know like it's she was never happy in her own skin at whatever weight it was it's always youth obsessed the latest skin cream all that kind of stuff it's crazy. And it does rub off on your kids. It really does. So it's such powerful work that you're doing to remind people that we, we got a responsibility with these kids that we just can't pass this on from generation to generation. Exactly. And if we
1: want to break that lineage of body shaming, it starts with us. Otherwise, we'll pass it on to our daughters and sons and their kids and their kids and their kids and their kids. But, you know, it's like, it is my mission in this world to draw a line in the sand. I will not pass that on. It's just, I will not do it. And I make a very conscious effort to be mindful of that with Leo. And, you know, I have one of my my very best friends, you know, she's had her boobs done and she's got a couple of daughters and they're really, really, really little at the moment. And she says, well, how am I going to explain to them this? Like, how am I, when, when that she's got four daughters, how am I going to explain to them why I got a boob job? And I said, well, what would you say? And she said, well, I said, tell me the reason you got them. Mm. And she said, well, Obviously there wasn't an, an insecurity, but there was she's very, very she's very athletic. So she had tiny, tiny flat chest and more curvy hips. And she's like, I really wanted to be more balanced in my body. And I said, fair enough. And and she's like, I love my body now, I love it. But yeah, of course, there probably was a degree of insecurity back then when she got them. And so I said, be honest with them. Be honest. Like you know, definitely share that you wanted to be more balanced, you know, you wanted to look more in proportion, your top half and your bottom half, but also share really authentically and openly and honest with them because if you don't, they will presume Mm. uh, because they're not, you know, they're not stupid. They're not stupid. Kids are very, very smart. So, you know, it's it's really important. We have a job here with our children and we really – we have to be mindful, and and you know she could say something like, "Yeah, at the time, I I probably didn't feel confident and 100% within my own skin, but I really want you to know like how important that is. It's really important that you feel confident and sexy and powerful in your own skin, or whatever it is that you want to feel. So, you know, there's ways that she can word that when she does have that conversation with her four daughters. Oh my gosh!
0: I I had a situation last year with my oldest daughter Olivia. She was doing her last year of primary school or elementary school, as it's called here in America. And with their school photos, they Photoshop them. What? Yep, <laughs> I couldn't believe no, it. No, they don't. They do. They, they charge an extra fee if they say, oh, your daughter's got too many freckles or her teeth are slightly discoloured. No way. So I have now <laughs> decided that photos are not going to be taken at school and that's just the way it is. It's absolutely awful. I,
1: I am just... I can. That is just wow. Yeah. That is so wow. Because I look back on my school photos and I'm like, look at how cute I yeah. was with crooked teeth, like crooked, really crooked teeth, and like, you know, not a not an ounce of makeup on. And I just think, wow, so beautiful and innocent. And look at that beautiful skin. You know, or look at that pimple. It's hilarious, but. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, look at social media and look at the apps and the filters that you can get and the airbrushing. I think it's really now more than ever we need to be super mindful of this for the next generation and, and for ourselves as well. Absolutely.
0: So let's talk about toxic relationships because I believe that a lot of this unmanaged pain and shame and childhood beliefs that are patterned very early on can sometimes manifest as toxic relationships What do you think the best thing to do in a toxic relationship is? Do you think it's just cut the person off or do you think it's boundary related or how do people deal with these people in their lives?
1: Mm, I get this question a lot and I talk a lot about it in the book as well. Just be mindful of dialogue first. You know, you don't want to say you're toxic and I'm, you know, like that's still a judgment. And and one of my intentions in life is to live as judgment-free as possible. Like I really, it's something that I'm very, very mindful of. But if someone is zapping your energy or if you walk away from someone depleted or not, you know, inspired or yucky or whatever, then you have to become aware of that. And what I do is it's you don't have to break up with them over text. If it's a friend, you don't have to dump them over <laughs> text message and say, I can't be your friend anymore. But give that relationship space yeah. and give that relationship a little bit of room because if you continue to occupy your space with that quote-unquote toxic relationship, you're potentially blocking A dream relationship to enter. Mm. And so we have to be mindful of that. I am so precious with where I spend my time and my energy. I am so precious with it because life is short. It's sweet. It's short. We don't know how long we're going to be here for. And it's not worth spending time. With people, because you think you should mhm, you need to surround yourself with people because you're bursting to be around them, not because you think you should give your give give the relationship space give it give it some breathing space, you know, and then just be really mindful, like I always ask myself before I do anything like is this a hell yeah or <laughs> is it a no? It's either a hell yeah or it's a no that I do that for My business and my life, every business opportunity, it's either a hell yeah or it's a no. It's not in between. Any dinner invitation, is it a hell yeah or is it a no? That's how I live my life. And if it's not a hell yeah, I don't do it.
0: Have you ever said hell yeah and it ended up being a hell no?
1: Not really. Oh, only, only,
0: only if it was a hell yeah, but it wasn't really a hell yeah. (laughs) It's that discernment, isn't it? It's learning how to tune in. I've done it so many times myself. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
1: And that, I think, you know, that's listening to your intuition. And the the more you listen to your intuition, the stronger that gets. It's like a muscle. The more you use it, the stronger it gets. And there's been times in the past where I've like, yeah, 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 This, this is a hell yeah, yeah. And then my husband's like, mm, I don't know about that. And then I end up doing it, and he's like, "Told you so." And I'm like, "Damn it! I was trying to, I was trying to outdo my intuition." And you know, <laughs> you can't out- outdo your intuition. There's always a price to pay when we ignore our intuition. So most of the times when you know it's a hell yeah, it's like a full body hell yeah. It's it's usually the right thing. That's tapping into your intuition and um honoring that and listening to that.
0: So speaking of intuition, what do you feel is going to happen in the next five years for you?
1: Ooh, okay. I feel a move to Noosa.
0: Ooh, yes, do it. It's beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) yeah.
1: I feel there will be more books. There will be more tours. There will be maybe a baby. Yeah, I think... that's you know definitely something my husband and I would like to experience together Mm. in the next few years more love more joy I love what I do for work more amazing podcasts more traveling more speaking more inspiring more sunshine more beach you know I miss the beach I miss the beach Uh,
0: the best i heard a lot of hell yeses with that yeah (laughs) hell yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely well thank you so much for your time today melissa it was such a pleasure and an honor to have this conversation with you
1: thank you so much
0: for having me beautiful lady wow that was such a powerful conversation with melissa did you enjoy it if you did please make sure that you leave me a review let me know who you'd like me to interview in the future Also, share some thoughts about how you feel about your relationship or the things that you can do in order to make your life more incredible. If you love this as well, make sure you check out the Ancient Manifesting Ritual. My Ancient Manifesting Ritual has been used by over 60,000 people around the world, and I've seen people manifest things such as a soulmate, a dream home, and we've even had some people manifest babies as a result of using this ritual It's the same process that I personally used to go from living below the poverty line eight years ago to now living a life of financial freedom with a million dollar business. So for more information, make sure you go to ancientmanifestingritual.com. That's it from me for today. Thank you again for spending some time with me. And until next time, enjoy your journey to manifesting.